Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast, where we exist to meet God, grow in Him, and serve through Him. Let's just talk maybe a little bit practically about logistically kind of what is going on. I know we've mentioned the idea of fellowship um, being a huge part of that. So just really briefly, what what do you mean when you're saying the word fellowship? Because I know that there are those people who have grown up in small towns that will think of the fellowship hall that everyone has to go into the basement after the pastor preaches and then everyone will have jello salads to eat. Like, ugh. I just my my anxiety is heightened by just talking about that sort of thing. Um, so w- when you say fellowship, w- what what are you really referring to? Maybe in in different language, what are what are you trying to accomplish there? I I think for me, like, there's a difference between fellowship and conversation. Like, mm-hmm. a to have to have a conversation with somebody, and that happens a lot at our group. Like, just having a conversation where I don't really know somebody very well. I'm trying to get to know them more. They're trying to get to know me. And we're just learning a little bit about each other's life. And there's a conversation that's happening there. But then fellowship is, it's almost like a, I guess a deeper conversation of like, it's not just, well, how was, you know, what do you do for a living? Uh, Where are you from? Things like that. But fellowship is more like, man, how, how are things going? You know, like, um, we know you guys are pregnant. So like, how has that been? Like, have you had any struggles with that or anything? And there, that's when fellowship happens to me is, is not just a shallow conversation, but more of a deeper, uh, conversation. Yeah. And you've, you've mentioned that like within the context of fellowship, confession of sin can happen and that requires a great deal of trust. So, so I, I see this as not only like, (laughs) <laughs> all being in the same space, breathing the same air and and doing something, but really being intentional about what is done and and learning how to exist in in a community, right? Community has has a lot of different hierarchies. I I would consider our church a very large community and it's it's basically impossible to like hang out with a thousand people, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel I feel really bad about this when someone will say like hello to me by name and I'll just be like, "Hey, man," yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I I really do value folks, but at some point we have to give ourselves permission not to have the greatest relationship in the world with so many people, but just to look. A little bit smaller and sometimes we make these decisions to like hang out with couples together who are in that like courting phase of their lives or really starting to put together like the death of of their own individual lives and and their collective life like i see that as being important and i i I see why people or churches will typically have like a couples group or an older folks group or or men's group and women's group yeah those those are great but in a way you miss out on the collective context where single folks have just as much meaning and just as much belonging in the kingdom of god as married folks yeah. or like you know children have just as much meaning there and and people who 
don't hit a certain age limit. Like all of these things are, are what make communities great because when you think like, oh, the same spirit of God lives within all of us and thus there's something valuable in this relationship just by what God has like told you that you are, then a radically different sort of relationship can occur. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I have like a, a thought to come after that, but but I'm just kind of processing this in real time. And it sounds to me like your your group has been that example to you that if we can, you know, start somewhere, then there are benefits that you might not have even expected from from this group and and by committing to it and really like refusing to just stay at a surface level and say, hey, Jordan, I know your occupation, but why don't you tell me something like funny that happened to you at work and more going to like, Jordan, you are a person who is like worthy of processing what is going on in your life. And I'd like to be able to just like share that space with you. That sounds like a, a profound difference and, right. and something that's incredibly like meaning giving from somebody else. Yeah, I like that you use the word intentionality because it's, like, I guess I'm just gonna apply this to work of like, yeah, you can go to work every day, but it's a whole nother thing to allow God into it and mm. to involve him in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And I think that that's, being intentional of doing that with other people is, that's where you start getting fellowship, is yeah. inviting Christ into, into it. And it doesn't even have to be a Bible study setting. It doesn't have to be a formal we're going to open up the word and go through it like that, but yeah. it can just be, okay, like I, I want to get to know Jordan more. And so let's invite God in this conversation and, and see where it goes. And a lot of times that's where that yeah. deeper stuff. And so, yeah, the intentionality, that's, I like that you said that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, where have you found like sort of like discipleship sort of conversations at, occurring and 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 how has has your lives or, or lives of people in in your groups looked different as a result of just like meeting together and and doing that kind of stuff um i have a kind of specific memory that um you know we were at our house and we had just hosted and a lot of people had left and there was this um couple of friends that had kind of stuck around and we just got to talking about the I think it was the sermon from that Sunday and just talking about different things. And I think that um, the beautiful thing about something like this and our desire in it is that there haven't been a lot of qualifiers. It's like no. you don't have to be married. You don't have to be single. You don't have to have been a Christian for five years to be part of this group. Like we just want everyone to be part of it. And so I think that um, we've had conversations um, that, you know, it's just been this discussion of like, well, how do I reconcile this thing? Or like, how do I make sense of this scripture or this passage? Or there have been things like that that, you know, maybe don't even take an hour to hash out. It might be like, hey, I was reading this. I don't really understand this. And just having those conversations, I I just have had lots of moments like that, I think, from from this this group. And I think just also knowing that we can bring those things to the table mm -hmm. and um, have those conversations with each other. And, and I think that that, you know, is that iron sharpens iron kind of thing where um, in 
in moments or seasons that have been difficult, we've been able to encourage each other. And in moments and seasons that have been, you know, good, we've been able to celebrate with each other. And I think that um, all of that is is part of kind of helping to equip those in our group. But then I've also heard conversations about, you know, well, I don't know how to talk to my coworker about this thing. Like he's not a believer, you know, and having, it's just those organic conversations that come up, I think, and um, also makes me really proud of our group because I think it's those moments that I'm like, wow, I've like, I don't always sit and talk with everyone in our group about how they're, you know, following Jesus. But then in moments like that, where it's like, you know, I'm feeling kind of stumped about about approaching this person or I'm feeling really um, overwhelmed or anxious about talking to my coworkers about my faith. Like, how do I do that? I just, I don't know. There, It's it's very rare that anything like that is, you know, preset up or it's, yeah. I've never asked anyone, you know, how's your life at work? Like, how are your coworkers? Are they all Christians? Like, I don't ask questions like that. It just naturally comes up as, as part of spending time together and having those moments where it's like, I'm struggling with this thing or that thing. It's remarkable what, how quickly people will open up in relationships that they trust. Yes. (laughs) And like the things that, that are, are meaningful or that, that give them pause when they're trying to do something as, as simple as reading the Bible. Um, I'm really gr- glad to hear that there is uh, there's space to struggle together within the text of the Bible. That is something that I have done for a long time and continue to do. And one of the greatest things was it, for for me that a paradigm shifter that was that like my doubts are totally welcome, and and my inability to grasp is totally welcome because it's less about that and more as like. The Bible as medium for communication with God. And it sounds to me like this group is kind of a medium for which godly conversation is, mm-hmm. is a welcome and, and is like, is obviously occurring. And it sounds like it doesn't even like take that much, like just a meal, right? <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah. And just, and, and just being able to have those relationships and, and just because we have, you know, 10, 12 people over at one time, sometimes people kind of break up and we get into smaller groups. So there's one or two people talking over here and there's one or two people talking over here. And those conversations um, sometimes do organically result in t- discipleship type conversations. You mm-hmm. know, um, there's obviously just because there is 10 to 12 of us, we're all going to have a, a varying levels of, of the knowledge of the scriptures. And we yeah. listen to different podcasts we listen to listen to different preachers you know we listen to different commentaries and and get different perspectives and um there was uh something that marissa brought up about the the conference that you guys went out that like there's there's things to um was to die on the hill of but then like dialogue on or something like that um so basically you know just knowing what those those tiers of of you know importance are because i think sometimes we're our best rearview mirrors sometimes we can see you know our brother in christ 
arguing tooth and nail about something that really is like a third tier issue you mean like you're you're elevating this to like first tier you know and so you know those types of conversations i think are really great as well to make sure that we're checking each other um and and how we're presenting uh the gospel and like how um we can point each other towards scriptures um and what are the big pillars and then like what are what are some things yeah, that maybe are yeah. less relevant that we can dialogue yeah, on just as a reference i think greg boyd is probably not the first person to conceptualize that but he's the one that I know and it's like concentric circles. So think the target logo, right? There's issues to die for. There's issues to divide for. There's issues to decide for, and there's issues like to dialogue or discuss. And I always think that everyone thinks too much about going in toward the middle of the circle and where things should more often than not be outside. And, and that's so important. Like what I hear you saying is, is you have a, a place, a collective place to, to do the work of theology. And that is so important because it not only just like re, <laughs> it recommunicates the value of every single person that everyone has something to contribute where like maybe our, our Sunday services cannot feel like that. They're not designed to feel like that necessarily. Um, and that, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's kind of problematic. Um, so I'm glad that there's that space where everyone, but also that like, there's a, a communal, a communal theologizing, and that's the way that we're going to approach things afterwards. Like we should definitely be changing. We should be growing and evolving in our, in our faith because it's a lifelong process. If I am the same, if I think the same about the Bible and issues of salvation or whatever, five years down the road, I will have considered this last five years a loss for me. I hope to change because I mean, like that would mean that I'm actually interacting and learning and letting something impact me rather than being like, yep, I've got it right. Time to coast into death. You know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, I, I really hope that that's not the case. And, and I know that that probably will not be the case because I'm going to go through some stuff in my life. And the way that we do theology should inform how we just like exist. Yeah. yeah discipleship is a lot easier in a group context like this because we're all at different stages in life. And yeah. so there's always, there's always something to learn from somebody else. And so like in the group, I'm pretty sure Mike and I are, have been married the longest, but like for me, Jordan is multiple years older than me and is a finance guru. And I'll ask him things of, about like money issues, you know, or like Side things. note, please put that on your business cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so like, although that might not be a typical discipleship conversation, um, it does, it does apply to how we, you know, approach our yeah. lives living as Christians. And so, um, it has come a little bit more natural in a group setting because there are, we are in so many different places in, in life, you know, where we're getting ready to have kids. Some people are trying to get pregnant. Others are single and haven't even thought about getting married yet. And we're all at these stages where we can learn from each other and uh, discipleship can come more natural because of that. Yeah. As we, as we kind of conclude here, I just want to ask you, obviously I have an agenda here next year our church is, is really pushing for 
like communal um, adherence and belonging and and things like that. And um, you guys are, are kind of like demonstrating at least to me because I didn't know too much about your community group other than it exists and it meets at these certain times that it's really worthwhile to you. And it has been worthwhile to other folks to to find a place to belong. So what sort of advice would you give to other people in the church, regardless of their age, about um, how to belong to a group, how to belong to a community, and why is it worth it? I would say don't be um, don't be scared to try out a group. You know, I know that like the church will be launching quite a few um, of these like kind of life group type situations. Um, and I think that a lot of people get really nervous. Like they're like, oh, I think it'd be weird. And I, I say just like throw that out the door. Like just go. Um, don't be scared. And like you're if it doesn't work out, then just switch groups like, you know, find a group of people that um, that you click with and that you get along with because it is so beneficial. I think that isolation is such a huge issue in our current culture, but um, like this has been so helpful. I mean, just for like us, especially for Cord and I who both have our own businesses that like that can be very isolating. Yeah. And so to have other people just to like hang out with that are our age, you know, or yeah. that like slightly understand our lives has been so beneficial. Like I literally don't know how I would feel without it. I mean, truly. Yeah. yeah. And I think another thing to encourage people with is consistency in going to mm -hmm. a group because yeah. it's just like the same thing. Like if you church hop, you're not going to get involved in the community that is that church. Yeah. And so if you find a group that you enjoy, keep going to it and make it make an effort to be there as much as you can. Don't feel don't feel bad if you can't make it if something comes up in your life, but try to be consistent with it because I think what you'll find is that the more consistent you are in the group, the more you will actually get from it instead of just going once a month, you know. And then 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 that goes back to you're not you're not knowing people and you're also not being known yeah. very well. Mm. And so yeah. Consistency is pretty key and to any relationship really is to have that communication and that's how you get to know people. And so yeah. if you find a place that you like to be, stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I have two perspectives on this. The first one being if um, people have, you know, been thinking about this idea, wondering about hosting and those kinds of things, opening your home is far easier than we make it out to be. Mm. And I think that if you bring people into your reality, it's even more real and honest. Like I remember we don't have kids. I have so many friends that have kids that were like, I'm doing laundry, but you can come over. And like, there's something that's more real about entering someone's life than being like, give me an hour to clean and I show up and their house looks like a museum. Mm -hmm. There's something that's <laughs> so much more valuable to me. Um, and so I think that, I don't know if Mike would agree with this, but, or what? Gord, or Gord, but I just think like it's, it. you can just open your home and it doesn't, it's not every time that we have community group that we sit around for two hours planning the perfect event. It is, it is not, it's not about that. It's just about opening your door. It doesn't matter 
how big your house is. It doesn't. I think we do agree on that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, it doesn't like quarter micro. We're talking about, you know, they first opened their home and they had a duplex and like their house now is bigger, but I don't sit around thinking like, wow, it was so terribly uncomfortable to sit on the floor in the duplex. It didn't even yeah. cross our minds because we were there and in relationship with people. People don't care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you open your home, I think if you're also consistent as, a host opening your home, people will come. And um, I think also as, as just, I mean, we've been hosts, but just like being part of a community, I think um, all of us are longing for that. Right. And I think that part of, part of the reason that Jordan and I were really interested in something like this is because I think Jordan put it this way. He has a, he has a job that, um, it's not uncommon to have people come in and train and then leave because they don't want to stay in Hayes because, well, honestly, for a long time, they didn't have the capacity to build community. They were on the road so much and things like that. But something that Jordan said that stuck with me was like, I want to be a place and a community that like if our friends have better options, like after school or even, you know, if they've graduated and worked in Hayes for a while, if they have a better option for their family and home life and all of those kinds of things to move elsewhere, fine. But I don't want our friends or like people that we know leaving because they feel like they're not part of something or feel like they don't have family here. Yeah. And um, so I just, I don't know. It, it can... I think that we can believe the lie that it's a lot more intimidating than it actually is. Like our community group, I mean, we can make it sound like something more than it is, but like we just hang out. Yeah. We just spend time together. And um, sometimes it's, you know, something fun and planned like a pumpkin patch or like a hot chocolate bar or something like that. But nine times out of 10, we just are like, yeah, watch a football game. We're going to do a potluck, you know, something like that. And it's, it's really easy. And I think that, um, you know, it, I also don't like our relationships are real. Like Mm -hmm. Micah and I have irritated each other and told each other that, but like Mm -hmm. it's part of being in relationship with people and it's, Mm -hmm. it's part of it. And so like, you know, we could sit and pout and be like, well, I'm not going to community group because meh, like that, no healthy relationship works like that. And I think that sometimes in the church, we can be really good about saying, you know, well, so-and-so did this or so-and-so did that, or I don't like the way that they do this. And we're not benefiting each other or the body of Christ by acting that way. And so I think that just, you know, to Cord's point, showing up consistently, even when you don't want to, even when it's not fun, not convenient, even when someone in your group has irritated you, like that is part of that learning and that growth and that sharpening each other and, you know, the owning up to sins and things like that. But then also, you know, getting on the other side of that and saying like, okay, so like Micah's like a real friend. Like she's not leaving just because I ticked her off. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's consistency is all part of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really worth noting that, you know, Jesus talks about the fact that we can't offer sacrifice, right? Without being reconciled to our brother. And um, I don't know, that's just... It hits different when you're talking about the way in which we go about being a part of one another's lives. You know, you're you're absolutely correct that even the healthiest relationship is going to go through conflict. 
but the resolution of conflict can actually edify that <laughs> that um, that relationship to be even stronger than it was. Uh, Jordan, you were, you were gonna... Yeah, I was just going to, you know, touch on the fact that community also has to do with proximity. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people think that their community exists outside of Hayes and maybe that they have towns that they travel to on the weekends and that type of stuff. But really, community is for the people you live with day in, day out. Like you think about Jesus and his disciples and how dysfunctional they must have been just based on the social spectrum that they ranged, right? But like the idea that all of them like live together, followed the same, this, the same rabbi, right. right? And, and developed, if we model our lives after Jesus, then we will inherently like follow him and we will look together. We will look much more like Jesus every day, but we may have like every person in our community group doesn't have the same career. We don't have the same, like even interests most of the time, personalities, all of that is so different, but that's, what's so cool about it. You know, it's just like that diversity, uh, within our group, um, and just being able to, uh, just refine each other and spur one another on and carry each other's burdens. And all of that is just an organic part of this community group that I, that I've come to love. Yeah. That you, you actually segued perfectly into my final question. <laughs> I'll, I'll act like I was planned. It, it, it absolutely was Jordan <laughs> listeners. We knew it the whole time. Um, yeah. So like you were saying, there are so many different spaces that we occupy, right? And it's easy to uh, hang out with the people that we work with, hang out with the people who have the same interest with us. So in, in, in this, you have chosen to hang out with the people who belong to Christ in the same right. way that you do. Why is that the the communal choice you have made over maybe, oh, we have interests, similar interests. We would mesh together far, far better, um, knowing that there are going to be those, those bumps up in between personality and interpretation maybe. Um, why have you chosen to, to be communal around, uh, around church, around Christianity, rather than some of those other occupations? Because it's the most life-giving quality of our lives Mm. and so like i love hunting but there's only a few hunting seasons throughout the year and so it's like i can't meet with somebody every single week to talk about oh did you go hunting this week because a lot of times there's not even a season open to be hunting you know and so it's like that you can only go so far with certain interests that you have with somebody else but you know, as followers of Christ, we're being sanctified every single day. And there's always things that is being revealed in our hearts. There's always things that are coming up in our lives that we're learning through through scripture or through listening to somebody else uh, and their experiences or hearing somebody else's testimony. And, and we're always growing through that and being sanctified. And so that's, it is the most life-giving quality about us as Christians is that we follow Christ. And to... To not involve that in our day-to-day would be really rejecting the entire meaning and purpose of our lives. And so that's, I would say it, it wouldn't make sense to bond together with somebody else outside 
of Christ because it wouldn't be as deep and meaningful without it. Thanks, Cord. I think that we're called to fellowship. And I also think that it's, you know, it's something that like the early church did as well. And I think that um, it's, as I kind of stated earlier, like it's not always easy. Like it's, it's not always easy to hang out with people that don't have all this. It's really easy to talk about yourself and to talk about similar interests. And I, I don't think that that does us any favors for, you know, similar to what you said, kind of just like evolving. If I look at the world, the only way that I know how, and I surround myself with people that do the same thing, I will not grow spiritually. Mm. I won't because if I'm, if I'm looking at the world as a, girl who grew up in Christianity and like is, you know, was in a middle class white family. Like that is not going to be the same as a friend who grew up in China. Like I just met a friend who grew up in China last week and like her whole experience and lived experience is completely different than mine. But if I only surround myself with people that look, think, talk, you know, act like I do, I'm never going to go and I'm going to think that Christianity only looks like me. Mm. And so I think that it's, I think that it's something that we're called to and something that makes um, or can make Christianity so unique is that the, the hope and desire would be that people of kind of different, you know, thought and, and pattern and all of those things can come together in a grace-filled and honoring way and still love each other and care for each other. And um, I think that it's just, I've heard some some pastors like kind of give the argument that they're like, I literally don't think that you can be a Christian and not be in community mm. because it's it's the challenging of one, of one another and like growing spiritually individually and then someone else doing the same and you guys having conversations that, that challenge each other. And that's really one way God speaks to us too is through others and uh, to negate that aspect of him calling us is would be a hurt to us because then we're just like Natalie said, we're becoming a worse version of ourselves. (laughs) I don't know. I like my (laughs) (laughs) echo. Yeah, I would, I would just say that, there are so many people that I am friends with today, very, very close friends with, that I would have never met if it weren't for Christ. Mm. And I would not have any sort of common interests or anything if it weren't for Christ. It's because we are pursuing him and we have, I mean, I'm not a hunter. I'm starting to kind of be interested in hunting, you know, all these things just because of like those relationships. But it's the communal aspect of all of that that I just want to like build those relationships with people. And um, I, I have a very specific like interest set, right, that most people don't tap into, you know. And so like if I didn't have that, um, you know, Jesus as a common interest and a common pursuant. And, and really, if we don't have that standard of truth between me and a brother, then like those, those interests are, are going to fizzle out and there's going to be seasons of that. And then you're going to fall away, but Christ is a lifelong commitment. And so is, and if your brother's pursuing the same thing, you're only going to go closer together over time. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. So, I think just like to put 
to put an end on it, right? There, there are so many things that are vying for people's attention. Uh, attention is essentially a new sort of currency. And the commitment to a Christ-centered group is not only easier than it sounds, but it's also far more worth it. And looking at things in hindsight is where we can really start to say, God was in the midst of this. And, And perhaps instead of thinking about the inconvenience of <laughs> having to meet with people consistently because it, you know, it does take time to foster relationships of trust. Maybe we can say, um, if I really value wanting to grow closer to Christ and, and grow closer to the people that share my name, I can do so. And it really is just as worth just as worth it and even more worth it otherwise. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much for for having a conversation with me. I I feel like there are so many bits of wisdom to just be able to get out of this. So thank you for your time and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.